welcome to today's episode of the Scotland Rugby League podcast, brought to you by McEwens. I'm your host, James Parsons, and today I'm joined by last year's player of the season, Leeds Rhinos halfback, Callum McClelland. Thank you for coming on today. Um, how, how does it feel to be back training and sort of having rugby back again? Uh, obviously, it's a massive change compared to what we used to, um, as last four months have been, but no, it's been great to get back into it, mate, and um, just looking forward to the rest of the season now. Yeah, so how yeah how how was it coming straight back? Obviously, after like four months of not not playing, and I guess everyone having fitness of just sort of you know running by themselves or home gyms or whatever. I mean, how how has it been adapting to you know that sort of full contact and things like that again? Like you said, that that's the main thing. The uh, four contacts. I think um, some of the boys who played yesterday have woke up and thought, think they've been hit by a bus or something because um, obviously they're not used to it. But um, yeah, there's only so much you can do in lockdown training wise, and obviously a lot of it you can't do contact. So um, it's been weird for the boys to get back into training, but also weird getting back used to getting his bodies and putting his bodies through what um, what we do on a daily basis. So that's been the biggest change, but. Um, I, 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 I'm guessing you watched game yesterday, and um, mm. we hit the ground running. Um, slow start, but um, when you when you can play like that, but end up winning, it's a it's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, so as you were watching it, because um, you'll know the the Leeds team better than better than you know people at home. I mean, yeah. when you saw those sort of twenty six six. And like twenty minutes left, and with a yellow card. I mean, were you watching and thinking, are oh, they they can still get back into this, or you know, sort of can you give a bit of an insight into what the mentality of the team's like? I think um, if you'd have asked me this a couple of years ago when I first joined, um, it's it's completely different to now. Um, I think the main thing what we try and install at, at Leeds, especially, is uh, competitiveness and um, like never say die attitude. So. so like you were saying there, at the one um, one minute in that game when I thought, oh, it's gone, because until the final whistle's gone, that's when you know you've won or lost. So, um, to answer your question, no, I didn't think um, that there were any way we could have lost that. Obviously, you think it back your head, oh, wow, it's a big deficit, but knowing the players and know what, knowing what group we've got um, and knowing what Rich is like, Rich Agat coach, he's, um, he just installs it at training, everything we do, and uh, we've got that competitive nature, so um, until the final whistle's gone, mate, I don't, I don't think there's, there's any possibility of losing. Mm. And, and I mean, one of the players that that had a you know pretty huge impact on the games, um, Luke Gale. And for you, sort of as a, a young player in the team, um, how much do you gain from working with players like him and as, as some, you know some of the other halfbacks that have got in the moment, like Robert Louis and, and Richie Myler? Um, it's massive for me. I've, that's something I've always um, been really lucky to have. Um, wherever I've been, I've I've been able to learn off um, some great players. Um, especially when I was at Castleford, Cass- there were uh, Gailey, Ben Roberts, um, and obviously you've got three coaches there who used to play halfback anyway. Um, and then obviously at Leeds, I've got Gailey again, Rob Lewis, and like I say, Richie. And it's great for me because I can just learn little bits off all of them, like Gailey. Obviously, kicking, game management, when when you want the ball, when don't you? And Rob, just for that little bit of X factor sort of thing, it's it's it'll create something from nothing. And um, obviously, Rich is very experienced as well, so um, it's great to learn off him. And um, 
it's it's great to have coaches who are who are, who used to be halfbacks as well, like Rich and James Webster, because it gives you a massive insight to what they're seeing and um, it, it lets you learn off a lot of different people. Yeah, so when when you're trying to learn off people, do you look at? I mean, you sort of touched on it there, but do you have like specific players that you look up to and want to be like that player, or I say, is it more like picking up? different parts of people's games and trying to sort of make you a overall better player. Yeah, I think that's that's something that I, I realised maybe a year or so ago is that um, having, having idols is great and having people to look up to is great, but you always want to be better than them and um, you always want to just pick things up from them so then hopefully you can install in your game and eventually have people look up to you. I think that's, that's a massive honour to have people to look up to and especially... Likes of Gailey and Rob and uh, Richard, I know they've got. I've got massive respect for them, and um, I love learning from them. Uh, but like you say, it's it's not a case of now that I want to be like someone else. It's I want I want to I want to be me, and I, I want to play my game. I, I mean, you touched on some of the the guys that the Leeds have got at the moment, but I mean, you've been lucky enough to work with sort of uh, you know a couple of their their. Mo- arguably most famous halfbacks in Kevin Sinfield and Rob Burrow. I mean, how much of an influence have they been on you, um, both sort of on the pitch and off it, I guess? Uh, I think um, it's a good question, actually, because uh, Rob um, was my under-19s coach who I spent a lot of time with um, and I had a lot of talks with Rob because obviously I was getting frustrated, not being able to play first team, etc. But, um, no, Rob helped me a lot because... One one thing that I like doing is is I, I like running with the ball and I like organising, um, which usually as an half you don't find you don't get that a lot of time. It's either one or other. But um, Rob really opened my eyes to what what he was like in his career and the support the support game and um, something I'm still trying to work on. But um, well, the record speak for itself. Rob's probably Rob and Danny McGuire are the most prolific support. Halfbacks I've I've ever well I think anyone's ever seen and the numbers mm. speak for the sends. Um, but I think off the field, um, Rob was just great just because he he was so down to earth, um, and the the stuff I learned off Rob just just in life in general as in getting frustrated not getting a shot. So obviously Rob it, Rob were in my shoes at one stage and um, which good to have an insight from Kev's point of view because obviously Kev don't do much coaching or. Anything like that. He's got good advice. He's got good tips, um, but he's not really out on the field. He's dealing with all the stuff in the background. So, um, but Kevin, a massive influence on me coming to Leeds, um, and just the way that he spoke about the club and the stuff he's shown me, and obviously his career um, shows what a talented group of, of young players can do um, throughout his career. And again, the numbers speak for themselves. The trophies speak for themselves. And uh, if I can have half the career that uh, Rob and Kev have, um, it'll be a good one. Yeah, definitely, and and you know, it sounds like sort of the the attitudes that are being instilled are only going to be a good thing. Um, and I mean, we sort of touched on it a bit, but um, can you talk us through what some of the sort of I guess new normal um, like protocols have been for you know, like ha- what are your training days like, and and you know, yesterday sort of at a match day, what. What what sort of you know set, you know protection and I guess is it like that bio bubble and things like that have you been having to do? So um, we have a we have a week with COVID test. We've actually just had one today. Um, so we have, we have to have one of them a week. 
Um, but when you turn up to training, you've got to have filled in a questionnaire on your phone um, to see if you've got any symptoms um, and also do a temperature check at home. And then you get temperature checked as soon as you come through gate at training. Um, and if, you can't, if you're car sharing, if it's got to be passed by Kevin, the RFL, uh, and you've both got to be wearing face masks. Uh, one's got to be in the back as well, just to keep your distance. Um, and then after that, we split, we're split into three groups. So one's in the gym, one's outside, one might be doing some speed or movement sort of thing. Uh, and obviously that's like a three-way rotation, um, just because you're only allowed eight people in the gym at any one time. Um, and then from there, we, what we'd do is um, we'd have lunch, but again, because we can't eat in one place or we can't sit together, we've just got to almost just sit away from each other in car park, get some chairs out and then just have a bit of lunch. And then um, it's into training for afternoon and and then um, you're not allowed to get showered yet at training. Um, so it's literally as soon as you finish training. Um, unless you're going for a coffee or somewhere, obviously you've got to wear face masks most places now. But um, it's it's usually just straight straight back home and then um, get showered and just get ready for the next day's training. Yeah, I mean, it's from I mean that sort of having the team like split up into three basically like three different parts in rotation. Like, how how do you make sure like the the communication and like all of the sort of team messages are are not getting lost. I mean, is it difficult or is it just something that sort of comes naturally to you? No, it's pretty easy. I think, especially at um, a club like Leeds, everyone knows everyone and everyone speaks to each other. So we all know what's going on. And um, if, if there's any queries, we've always got as WhatsApp groups what we can ask him. But um, no, usually it's, it's really well uh, communicated and uh, it, we, all, we all know what we're doing at, um, at any given time, really. Hmm. Sort of leading to my next question was like one of the other big changes um, is the the six again rule. Um, mm. I mean, what do you think of it, and sort how how have you how do you prepare for obviously because it, it completely changes the game in in some ways. Yeah, I think uh, it showed yesterday um, with that new ruling. Um, I think the main thing is now with with the ball is you've, you've got to keep it or else if you lose it you, you're going to be uh, defending a few more sets than what you usually would um, especially if your team's gassed and out on the feet um, I think it can only make the game better as in faster you'll get more runaway tries you'll you know the, the, the fitter teams now will be the more superior ones um, I think um, that showed Saints obviously ended up mm. blowing out Catalan by 20 odd points and um, I think once they got the footing down and started getting a few six agains and started rolling the sets out, that it really took took its toll on uh, Catalan. Um, and almost same with us yesterday when when we were compiling his errors. Um, us feel credit to them. They, they they kept plodding along and just doing what they do good, which keep ball, kick well, and um, but eventually we we got the got the grip of the game and uh, we got a few calls for six again and. Um, stuff like that which completely swung the momentum so if there's one, one word to sum it up um, or a couple of words to sum it up it'd be a, it, that six again well it's a, it's a massive momentum swinger um, if you get a couple of them after you've just been defending your line um, it's a blessing really hmm. and, and I mean you, you touched on it there um, with you know, St Helens and Catan it seemed like as soon as 
a team's got a few of those six again and you're, you know, the, the defence is tired, it's, it's quite hard to come back from it. Um, but, you know, how have you been working on how to prevent getting, I guess, swamped when, when, when those six agains aren't going your way? I think um, Rich uh, in training, obviously, we were going through it and we've just tried to stay as, as normal as possible about it. So it's just another rule and at the end of the day, we don't need to change how we play or what we do if we do get one. I think it's just, if, if, if you do get one, it's almost just a, another switch of mentality. Just like, we've got another set, we'll go again. And um, it's just like it's just like getting a repeat set or go line drop out. You've just got to defend again. Um, obviously, it takes more out of the tank, but um, you just know that if you get to the end of that set, we know we know more six agains or no more penalties. You get you're getting the ball back um, very soon. So I think that's always it. Back of your head is um, you you just got to keep thinking um, that your main focus is just on defence. And if you squeak clean defence, obviously the referees can't pick up on any six agains or any penalties. Um, and obviously that that goes a long way to uh, winning the game, especially with these new rules. Mm. And so, sort of, as a you know, sort of, you were mentioning your um your running game. I mean, do you think the rules are one ones that will benefit you, sort of being able to run around the ruck, sort of you know, as a personal player rather than like as a team? Do you how do you think about the rule? Yeah, I think obviously we've got a couple of uh, quick nines as well at Leeds in uh, Cruz and uh, Brad Wire, so it suits them down to the ground as well. But uh, yeah, like you say, I. I I, I do like to run, and um, if if there's a quick look and we do get six again, obviously I won't be looking just to pass his way around them. If, if there's a, a shorter route and a faster route to get to try line or make a break, then um, obviously everyone will be on board. And um, I think that's that's one of the main things that teams will learn as well is when you do when you do get a six again, it's not about trying to score on that play. It's just literally you getting the ball back and for another six tackles. So. Um, I think you'd find a lot of teams with the nippier nines and uh, the, the the faster halves or the faster forwards will uh, take more advantage on on that um, than others. Mm. And well, moving away from rugby league for a little bit, um, people may or may not know that you had a a year in Scotland um, actually playing yeah. rugby union sort of with Edinburgh and Hoyk. Um, I mean, how did that move? come about and what was your experience of playing Union before you went up there? Um, so I actually started playing Union Amateur before I did um, League. I started playing Union Amateur when I was uh, three year old um, just down at my local pub just literally just messing about with tags and then eventually from there on it around the corner from uh, where I was living at the time so um, I played Union up until I was 12 year old, 11 year old, sorry. Um, but I, I, I were also playing league and football at the same time. I started league when I was uh, eight year old. Um, and but where obviously where I live in Castleford, it's it's a, a very heavily dominant dominant uh, rugby league town, and it's historic for obviously Castleford Tigers and some of the uh, teams that have come there and played, especially in in the seventies and eighties when uh, Castleford were at the top and obviously now they're getting back there as so um, as as you can imagine going up there it's you don't see many people wanting to play rugby union and a lot of people um, don't really like the sport but um, yeah I, I obviously I had that experience from being younger and then um, Alan Tate 
um, is someone who works for the SRU and uh, he got in contact with uh, my agent, uh, Craig Harrison, and uh, he just basically said, look, have you got any, um, anyone who who's willing to try with the union um, who's maybe Scottish qualified or we could get them up there for the next three, three or four years to, to then get them Scottish qualified. Um, just have a have a just send a few clips through, um, and uh, I'll I'll have a flip through them and um, hopefully one of them will be Scottish qualified and obviously with my surname Craig straight away thought right I'll send him uh, Carl clips and um, he um, Tate Tate got back in touch and said oh we like um, like Callum's clips and well they liked all of them there were there were a few that lads who were playing with at Cass at the time as well and. Um, uh, he he uh, basically just went through and said, "Oh, is anyone Scottish qualified?" And Craig went, "Yeah, um, Callum is it's me. Uh, my granddad on my dad's side. Um, he lived in Air, um, and I still I've still got quite quite a few uh, in my family up there um, from my dad's side. Uh, the majority really, but my granddad moved to England when they were about I think you were about forty at the time, um, for uh, mid thirties, and then moved down here and." Um, so that's how I was qualified, and um, it just came about because at, at the time at Castleford, I was really enjoying it. And um, but in the off season, they signed two more half backs, um, who obviously were going to go be in front of me. So I'd have to um, wait my turn behind three, three, four, or five mm. half backs, depending on injuries. So um, I just said, well, well, what's worse that can happen? Um, I'll give it a crack, and then obviously the money in rugby unions and uh, the lifestyle is. At the minute, superior to league, um, as in you get to travel the world, um, you get to go to so many different destinations. You've got a lot of sponsorship deals. You, you've got everything, um, facilities. Um, just the just the standard across the board is great. Um, not knocking any league clubs. Cost Le- Leeds, for example, has got the best facilities I've ever seen. Um, mm. And the stadium itself is amazing. Um, but I was lucky enough to obviously get sign up there. Um, I, I was living in Edinburgh at the time, so I had the option to either to go to Glasgow and Edinburgh. But um, I'd, I'd rather lived in Edinburgh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was living in Leith, uh, just just at, uh, near Ocean Terminal in Leith. Then once I got into the swing of things and once I settled, um, I really, really, really did enjoy living there. Um, I enjoyed all the lads at training at Edinburgh, and all the staff were great. Um, and once I got my bearings, where I didn't have to use a sat nav if I was going to Asdod out road or going into the city centre to pick up uh, my girlfriend or to pick up some family, um, it, it I, I really did enjoy it. Um, it's an amazing place, um, but unfortunately, I uh, I, I was playing obviously for Hoyke and um, just training with full time of Edinburgh, but um, I wasn't enjoying it the way I should have been and. Um, the tip of the iceberg was in uh, when we went to South of France for the uh, under twenties World Cup, um, and I, sc- I scored a try against Argentina, and um, I thought mm. after the game, I thought, oh wow, I'm starting to get hang of it and um, starting to enjoy it. But then I actually thought to myself, it shouldn't take something like that to kick me into the game and think, oh, I can actually have a crack at this. It, it, I should just naturally enjoy it. So um, it was actually there around my agent just saying, look. Um, I, I, it's not that I, I hate anyone here or I don't like or I've had a fallout with someone at the club it's literally I just don't enjoy playing rugby union as much as I do league and um, I think it could have been a different story if I'd have 
gone maybe a bit a bit later where I didn't have to worry about money and stuff like that. Um, it could have been different, but um, at the time and looking back now, I, I definitely made the right decision for for me. Um, just purely on, um, I I want to be enjoying whatever sport I'm playing at this age. I want to be enjoying it and not thinking about anything else apart from enjoying and playing. Um, so then, um, literally, I think it was a week after I got back. Um, I got a bit of time off and um, I had some family up and then I ended up ringing Craig just saying have we heard anything and there were a few Super League clubs who were willing to offer so it was just a case then of just sorting it out with the SIU um, and um, after about probably six weeks of sorting and um, getting everything done with the flat and etc it was literally just my dad come up so I moved back down and um, signed at Leeds and I'm not back really mate mm. and I mean you sort of touched on it a bit but I mean as someone who sort of uh, qualifies for Scotland through heritage I mean how how did you find sort of being up in Scotland I guess sort of with some of your your roots and um, I don't know sort of like the uh, the difference in culture between north of England and living in Leith well <laughs> Obviously, the, the the major thing is where I'm from. It's you don't have any historic landmarks, or um, it's not very posh to say to describe it nicely. It's not it's not the best. Um, I, I love absolutely I absolutely love living here. Most of my family lives here, but um, the culture up there, especially in Edinburgh, it's just so it, it's amazing. Um, every corner you turn, people are so lovely to you, and um, just even the local businesses, what and like local coffee shops and. Um, and everywhere really where you went into it, it was it were it were ace. I really did enjoy it. Um, and where I lived, it were quite. Um, there were there were a few uni students from there. Um, so obviously, it wasn't just a case of like no one spoke to each other. Whoever you saw, you just had a quick conversation with or whatever, and um, off you went and didn't think anything of it. Um, but I, like I said, that because it's my roots, um, I, I I've always loved Scotland and. Um, I, I love going whenever I don't mean I get the chance. Um, for example, when we had the obviously as World, World Cup prep, uh, when we played Serbia, it, it's just like just just being able to drive up and it brings back memories. Especially when I was younger, I used to go up um, every couple of months when I was younger and stay for a few a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I love it up there. And if if no one's ever been, then they have, they'll have to go and experience it. But I think later this year I'm going to try and. Because um, obviously, depending on flights and whatever, I'm gonna. Uh, we can't go anywhere. I might try the. Uh, is it the Scotland 500 where it's like all yeah. around the coast? Yeah, but I think I might just hire out a, a nice camper van or something and just go out coast uh, with my missus and uh, and the dog. Mm. Well, that sounds lush. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, because obviously, um, in Scotland days, it it's like mostly rugby union. Um, when you were sort of playing with the guys at Edinburgh, um, how many of them sort of knew about rugby league and sort of, I mean, did any of them say that they would consider giving it a go or sort of start watching it because of meeting you, I guess? I think I think a few lads did end up start watching it because of, like, I told them about it and showed them some stuff that obviously some rugby league players do. What, what rugby union players have to worry about is in like, it's, an individual break from a 
from one player in league, even if he gets tackled 70 metres down line, he's not going to lose the ball, whereas obviously in Union that had happened. And it's just little things like, obviously, tackling. Uh, there's a lot of more bigger hits in league than there is Union because Union, it's <laughs> it's an eye tackle if you tackle them above the ribs. Mm. Well, it felt like that anyway. Um, and I think, obviously, me talking to him and um, I got on well with quite a few lads. Um, obviously, a lot of them are uh, well, private school lads and um, obviously a completely different upbringing to me um, and everyone who I'm used to. But I think after a couple of weeks, um, got to grips with everyone and uh, made some good friends up there, especially in the under-20s. Um, but I think a few of them w- would have would have liked to try league, but with the position they were in in Union, and um, obviously Union's a lot more uh, position-specific, as in you need specific um, attributes to be able to play a certain position. Um, for example, back rowers been just tackle machines, head over at Rook, really good on the ball. But then second row has been eight foot ten tall and been able to do line outs. Um, obviously in league you don't really get that, and um, so it only appealed to obviously quite a small percentage of, um, of the lads because um, the, the it's like it's like a lot of league lads would never consider union um, because of that used to league. But I think if a few did make the jump, uh, they would re- really thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Sort of talking about um, like the positional side of things. Um, I mean, coming from a, a mostly league background, um, where you've got two halfbacks to sort of share the the creative load, I guess. I mean, how did you find sort of going up and playing as being sort of? I mean, other than the scrum half, sort of the sole halfback in a team. Uh, it was weird. It 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 is uh, really weird because obviously league as well. It's it's a, it's a lot about numbers and um, in, in defensive line and say if a team's got five defenders there or if four defenders there, you, you know where roughly where you're gonna go. But in union, there's a lot more to think about. As in, it's um, if if you get tackled here, it doesn't matter how many numbers they've got because you need to make sure you keep the ball. So you might have four minute rook like clearing it or two minute rook clearing it, and then but they, the the defense aren't put. Many at Rook. I think one thing that I didn't really master, which I wish I would have done or learnt more about, is the kicking game because it again it's completely different. Um, sometimes I'd kick and have to drop back, but forget to drop back. So then someone else would have to drop back, and then it <laughs> sometimes it was a bit of a shambles because I didn't know what I would have win at times. But um, like I said before, if if I if I were a bit older and picked things up more quickly. Um, and I had a bit more passion for rugby and I reckon um, it worked out well, really. Um, but mm. yes, because of because of how many different rulings there is, and obviously you've got to keep the ball, and you can't you haven't got players on your out like you might have a knocker who comes on your outside or a prop. And in league, usually they've got decent hands, whereas in union, as you've probably seen, it's it's not a catch pass sport. It's give me the ball, let me run five yard and present ball and let's keep ball and then play a territory game whereas obviously league's the complete opposite as in um, if you've got a chance to score go score From the experience obviously playing what while they look like very similar sports they're you know, as you're saying they're different in a lot of ways were there yeah. elements that you picked up from union that you then took to league that sort of you know sort of learning on the pitch I guess that that, that 
gave you maybe something that guys that have just played league wouldn't have. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, coming back from Union, um, but going from league to Union, um, a lot of young 10s and mature 10s uh, in Union, they don't want to get caught with ball. Um, they don't. They play right off the line. They just obviously the passing's immaculate, but there's only a small handful of uh, tens in uh, in Union who who really do go to line and dummies and then slide through or uh, just literally just try and stand someone up and beat them. But I can remember my first week with Edinburgh. Um, obviously, I will, they just put me in at ten, just uh, on the like opposition team and just tried to see what how I fared and. I can remember just seeing like three props in front of me, like the front line in front of me, and I thought, well, I'd be stupid not to take take them on here. So, I like I just dummied inside and out, and then went through and stepped full back, and then and then everyone was like, what, like what's he doing? Like, because they never, mm. they're not used to stuff like that. So, I, I think from league going straight and running right into line, um, I definitely took over to Union, um, but it took a bit of time to adapt because there's only. Certain times you can do that, whereas I, I try to do it probably too much and I end up getting caught with ball a lot of time. And obviously, if you've got no one with you, you, you lose the ball. So I think it was just getting that balance. Um, but I definitely um, took a lot of my league learnings over to Union. Um, but but then I think on the flip side, I think in Union I learned how to tackle in space a bit better because obviously in Union. There's more players on the field, but it feels like there's a lot more space because of how compact and round the rook you need. Obviously, six players really tight or whatever, and um, you find you're sending 10 metres of space trying to tackle someone, an outside back who's got really good feet. And um, I learned a lot from that. And uh, there were a lot of defensive drills at Edinburgh, what we did, which uh, helped massively. Um, just with positioning and keeping square, etc. And um, so I think I definitely learned. A lot of uh, defence tips from uh, from Union. And you mentioned it there, but um, when you went back to Leeds, um, as a sort of you know a, a Castleford youngster, were there were there any doubts in your mind about joining sort of one of the local rivals? Uh, I I think nowadays it's not as it's not it's not as bad as in uh, rivals, and you shouldn't be going here, shouldn't be going there because. I think younger lads now, it's it's more about opportunity. Um, obviously, back in back a few years, going back a few years now, when like you like so Rob and Daniel coming through, they've got more chances because the physios want it as good and they want obviously as good recovery uh, recovery systems or like going down to a spa down road or whatever. And obviously now now it's about you've got to go to a club where your opportunity. Um, is um, massive, massively outweighs your uh, your opposing clubs. For example, when when I was coming back from Edinburgh, Edinburgh, there were a couple of teams who, um, as well as Leeds, who were willing to negotiate, and I, I obviously listened to them. And but they just had too many people in front at the time um, to where I wanted to go. So, for example, obviously I wanted to play. I thought when I come back and um, at the clubs where I was, I was just having a look round. It was very half-back dominant where they had the highest paid players, the best players in the half-back positions and for me, I don't want to, and for a lot of young lads now, um, it's not as easy as just getting the chance because it's all over Sky, it's all over social media, if, if you mess up in a bit in in, in a game now, that's usually that's 
next few next couple of years that's that's what you're remembered for. You're not remembered for training really well or doing really well in training. It's what everyone sees off the field and uh, on social media. So, um, it for, for me it's just opportunity. Um, so when when rival come, uh, rivalry comes into it, um, I mean you, you'll always like teams doing well. It's obviously I'll always like Castle for doing well. Um, spent literally all my childhood there and grew up playing for them. Um, so it's it's good to see them doing well. But obviously the same ref. Obviously I'm a lead, I'm a Leeds player. Um, fully committed to Leeds and um, I think all the lads there. We've we've still got about. Um, to, we've got three, three or four more lads from Castleford who actually play um, in Leeds who are car share so car share with um, so with them as well it's not a case of rivalry it's just opportunity and, and um, Leeds is one of the biggest clubs if not the biggest in, in the UK um, and obviously renowned worldwide for winning trophies so as a young lad that is very appealing um, and especially with a good opportunity to play in front of a lot of people hmm yeah, no, it, and it, it certainly sounds like you know, sort of again the the attitudes and the players you're getting to sort of learn alongside who's right decision. Um, yeah, and we well, we we mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about Scotland. But um, last year you played your first matches for the the senior team. Um, yeah. I mean, how did you find your first experience of full international rugby league? Um, and and actually, how you know, how did it compare to? You mentioned it as well the 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 World Cup playing for the under twenty unions team. Uh, I think international rugby, um, obviously, when you when you're playing against twenty year olds, it's completely different. Obviously, they're probably more talented than some of the people who were played um, for Serbia and Greece. No disrespect to them, but it um, you've got players in that under twenties who from. Argentina, from Australia, from New Zealand, who are the best of the best, and they'll go on to have international careers and international honours, and some of them made great records. Whereas, I think it was it were a great taster, um, but the rugby league just not got the same exposure as what rugby union has at the minute. Um, hopefully, it'll change in future. But at the minute, you've got teams um, in in union. You've got a good team in more or less every country that plays the sport, whereas it's still developing in a lot of countries. Um, is rugby league, um, so it, it don't get me wrong. Both games against Greece and Serbia, especially Greece, what were, were very very tough. Uh, the Serbia game physically, they were back they were back winners. But um, yeah, I think just the, just the quality of the average player in an under twenties comp is probably better than the the quality of an average player in in men's um, international in rugby league, just purely on the basis that there's that many good countries in rugby union who have good teams. They're, they're young lads. A lot of them play in professional leagues already, whereas some some of the Serbia lads and some of the uh, Greece boys are just, uh, like obviously, are just semi-professionals, whereas literally everyone in the 20th World Cup is, is full-time professionals. Hmm. Oh, yeah. How, how? I mean, I guess how much did it mean to you as well, sort of being in in the in the Scotland team, sort of and playing alongside guys that I guess you would have been growing up watching from like old World Cups and things like that. It, it was a lot of people think it's it's something that is like 
oh you play for your country like blah blah but for me it's the, it, that is the biggest honour you can possibly have it's it's not just representing your country it's representing all your ancestors and all the people before you and all your family and for me just no matter who you play or how many games you play for your country it's it's a massive massive honour um, obviously for me after I come back from Edinburgh I played for England as well which obviously is my country of birth but um, obviously my, my roots are in Scotland and um, just being able to pull on um, Scotland jersey and, and uh, sing the national anthem again it, it's a, it's an amazing feeling uh, and I think there's no feeling that can possibly top um, represent your country in big games. It's uh, it's like looking forward to World Cup now. We've got Australia in this group, and I think there's only obviously there's only an handful of players who have been able to say I've played against the, the best in the world. And then, like for example, the players who've played against Malmalinga in the past, and players of that caliber. Um, obviously there'll be players like that in the Australia team, and been able to say, oh, I've been I was playing against him when you're telling your family in years to come or. Oh. Even for me, obviously being being a young lad, hopefully if I if I get the chance to play against Australia next year, um, it'd be playing against like the likes of Cameron Munster and people like that, and of our era, they're the they're the best of the best, and it it'll be amazing. Um, but yeah, do, just going back to uh, the question, it's it it's 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 hard to explain because it's just a, a weird feeling that's unexplainable. Um. You don't know how to explain it, and especially when you get given your cap uh, by. Luckily, I I got given mine by Luke Douglas, who obviously is one of the best Scottish players to to ever play. He's done his all record in Australia for most consecutive games at NRL. He's come over, he's won silverware with Saints, and I looked up to him massively, and it were a massive honour um, to get given my cap and my shirt by uh, by Dougie. Last year, you also got the the Dave Valentine Award for the player of the year I and mean, obviously just for the two games but I mean, how how big a moment was that for you and then sort of you know being able to look down that list of people that have won it because you know again there's like the likes of Luke Douglas and Dale Ferguson have also got that award yeah it, it well to be fair I didn't even realise at the time I thought it was just literally um, but then I looked on Instagram and um, obviously I got a couple of messages saying oh congratulations I'm like what, what's happened and then I saw and I, I our buzzing it was like like you say it's you don't really hit home until you see players who in the past have won it and obviously you can relate now to them and say that I've won that and um, obviously for me it was a massive honour especially at such a young age but I think the the team that I was playing in just made made it miles easier um, it, and obviously I, I had a point to prove um, going into them a couple of games and we've always we always had that aim of getting qualified for World Cup so um, there were always that drive there and always wanting to impress um, obviously in the first couple of international games so now obviously that that's a massive achievement but now it's it's more kicking on and um, we need to look into the getting qualified um, out, out of the group stage uh, and getting a spot for the uh, uh, quarterfinals mm. I mean, I'm saying there about um, the players you're playing alongside um, one of the things I, I noticed was just how many tries came down Scotland's left side. So I think um, Will Oakes and Dave Scott both got hat tricks. Ben Kavanagh got a few, and I think I think you got three as well. Um, yeah. I mean, how much? I mean, how much of that sort of side is it? Is it a relationship between the players that's 
coached or is there a certain level of like of instinct for a side clicking in the way that you did last year sort of that left edge I think it was obviously a mix of training we had a few training sessions together um, where you could work on your combinations and such but um, I think a massive thing is when you're playing for your country it's you're just trying to impress and I think obviously all the lads um, were doing so in Scotty obviously broke the record last year as most tries scored um, internationally for Scotland and that's a massive massive achievement um, so when you've got players like, like Will Oaks and Cav and, and Scotty on your outside it does make my job a little bit easier um, mm. but yeah like you say I think we, 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 we all played well in them games and um, it just it, it, we, we just fell into shape and we were all in sync and um, we were good obviously in attack but I think defensively as well we, we were solid our, our edge um, and it was just re- really good to be able to play with the likes of Cav and, and Scotty who I've played against in the year for Featherstone but um, you know, it, it was good to play alongside them and especially for your country mm. And, and so similarly, um, it, it looked to points that there was sort of a, a good relationship between you and, and Ryan Briley. Um, and again, we're talking about um, in Union has only one halfback. How much of when you're playing in a team with two halfbacks, I mean, again, do you have to build a relationship between the two of you? Or is it, again, is it something that you just sort of, through training and getting on the pitch, you work that sort of thing out naturally? Well, we we we're pretty close as it is anyway. Um, I spoke to him before, obviously on camp. We've got the same agent, and um, Raz is Raz suits me as in the player he is because he, he likes to play as well, and he's more he's a bit more off the cuff. Um, is Raz and he's got he's a great support player. Um, but for me coming back and obviously like I said, the two half backs, I. I I enjoy playing with halfbacks who enjoy enjoy playing with me as well, and um, me and Raz got really built a good relationship over that um, that couple of weeks, and um, hopefully we'll get the chance to do it again at World Cup. Hmm. And and talking of the World Cup, um, obviously they're quite big matches, and you know I think Kingston Park and and the Rico, you know both both great great venues. Um, I mean, you've sort of had the chance to play in quite a few big matches already in your career. Um, so thinking, you know, like the million pound game and also the Leeds and Bradford match at the beginning of the year. Um, but how much would you say you've learned from those sort of big game experiences, and how would you hope to sort of apply that to the World Cup next year? I think uh, excitement's a massive one. Um, when when all your team's excited to play and uh, want to rip in for each other, um, that that's a massive thing. Obviously, at the start of this year, um, with that Leeds and Bradford game, we that we had I think there were tw- uh, twenty two and a half thousand fans there, um, and obviously for the cause for Rob and for Jonesy, um, the the occasion was bigger than the game itself. So you've always got that in the back of your head that you're not just playing because it's a game and you you want to win. You Playing for something bigger, and when you when um, when you can focus in and just play the game, because um, obviously they are labelled as big games, but I think when you can just focus in and and um, 
obviously get riled up for it because of the the occasion. But once you're playing the game, you don't have to think about anything or apart from doing what you've done from being a kid, which is just try and beat whoever's in front of you. Um, for example, like when we play Australia or when we play Fiji next year or um, Italy, it it'll be the same thing again. Obviously, it'll be World Cup, massive stage. All eyes are on everyone, and um, it'll be bigged up obviously before it, and obviously then the pressure's on all the players from every country to deliver a, a good World Cup. Um, but it can get bigged up as much as it wants. A game's just a game at the end of the day, and I think when you've got a mindset like that um, and you'll get too worked up about it, I think that's when um, the scoreline really um, represents the team that kept the kept their head on the day. Um, well, I mean, I think. I'm not the only one, but I think there's a lot of people that will be looking forward to seeing how everyone goes next year. Just to say thank you so much for, for taking the time out to do this, especially when you're quite busy getting back to the rugby at the moment. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Appreciate you having me on. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To keep up to date with all of the latest Scotland Rugby League news, head over to our social media, at ScotlandRL. And in the meantime, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.